0: Thursday evening, you know what that means. It's time for the Kaz and Dad Show, brought to you by Focus Hoops, presented by Notch, where we talk about all things women's basketball. Casie B, how you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. We're gearing up for the final weekend of the uh, WBBL season as well. This weekend, final week, I should say. Last games on Wednesday.
0: That's come around quick.
1: It has. It has. How have
0: you? How have you found like the run into the end of the season, and, and just just the season in general for you, obviously, with your new commentator role?
1: I feel like, like you say, it feels like it's gone very quick. It started, then we had quite a bit of, it felt like a pause after Christmas, and then the last few months have just kind of flown by. But it's getting really, um, it's obviously like heating up, isn't it? Seven Oaks, can they go unbeaten? Teams fighting for playoff spots. Um, But I think it's been good. I think it's been a good, fun season. A lot of unexpected things, um, you know, good and bad. But I think it's been I think it's been a really fun
0: season. I think it's been a really fun season. We're gonna talk about that more later. Because today, joining us of as long with the basketball royalty of the Manchester Met Mystics commentary team, Cas Bullock, we have the one, the only WNBA and MNBA journalist extraordinaire and Welsh icon Hugh Hopkins joining us who I don't know what I, would, I ever do to deserve these plaudits. I wish these plaudits. we had, like, stadium effect. Like, <laughs> no. But, like, it'd obviously
2: be, more grandiose. It'd be totally undeserved. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's an
0: honour to join you. How are you? Thriving. Absolutely thriving. I had my last commentary of the season last night, so I'm a little bit... It's an interesting one. I'm sort of feeling that post-game high of, like, yeah, it was awesome. And also the crushing <laughs> despair that is... <laughs> several months without commentary. Are so, you not doing any playoff stuff then? Or do, or, or do we just leave it all to Dan Dan Rutledge? Basically, we're going to leave it all to Dan. <laughs> or or may, maybe not Dan, but no, I, I'm not in the running for the playoffs, I don't think, unfortunately. Ah, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I this, I
1: this is where I you just have boring. to run around and commentate your life and your wife's.
0: Yeah, just going to yeah.
2: just it's gonna gonna it's commentate gonna the dog, to be honest. It's going to be great. <laughs> and that's a great move to the fridge there. <laughs> Perfect pouring of the milk. Who was it that, that did that with, like, oh, all manner of things? It was a couple was, of football um, I think he's either a cricket journalist or a rugby journalist. Did, um, a Scottish guy. who He started commentating his dogs.
0: Yeah. Uh, that was, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that Ian Dennis? I want to say Ian Dennis, but I'm probably wrong. I right. I can't remember the name. Who? It's been a bit since you've been here. It's been about 23 episodes since we've last had you, I think. <laughs> and... uh well, wow. snubbed, snubbed. Don't you dare! <laughs> Absolutely not snubbed. Unless you're telling us we've been snubbed because. Well, it's
2: it's yeah. Perhaps it's it's reciprocal because um maybe I count snubbed as um being invited to come on the show with like four minutes warning. Yeah, um, no, you know But clear. uh, <laughs> clearly, I'm just an afterthought at that point. But um, <laughs> no, no, planning so, is just
0: not our strength.
2: <laughs> I think I heard from you at around lunchtime today, which was a, a real record. So thank
0: you. Yes. <laughs> um, in, in, in our defense, that decision was taken at midnight last night. So, you know, pre-planning. <laughs> anyway, um, wonderful. You are here for, obviously, the very important business. of I'm talking about the WNBA draft and all of its historic implications. But we've got a bigger fish to fry right now. Jersey gate. Dun dun dun. But uh light hearted. The Indiana Fever jersey. Who hey, I need your your hot take on this.
2: You has got some wild takes on these jerseys. I think we had Ooh. a falling out over over I, some of the other ones. I mean I I actually like the one on the right and the left here. Um that middle one, I'm afraid, is is just corny. It's yes. I'm I'm all for I'm all for them pushing the boat out and stuff and and I guess if you want to go you know it's termed Rebel Edition isn't it if you're gonna if you're gonna really go for you know creativity and silliness then you're gonna go for it with the <laughs> Rebel Edition um, personally I think what they've done what the WNBA have done across the board really with the sort of more standard uniforms um, I, I think they're so clean they're so beautiful. Um, so well done to the creatives at Nike who are behind it. Um, but I, and and to be honest, the majority of the rebel ones are, are pretty damn awesome, but um, you know, we've, there have been a few issues with the uh, Dallas one. Um, oh yeah. You know, with it. I, yeah. We don't need to necessarily go into that, but, um, but you've also the Chicago one. I know, I know, I'm talking to a Sky fan here, Kaz, but I'm sorry. I just think it the glass smashed one, cool concept, creative concept, I like it. It just looks a little bit like a Pokemon. I'm. <laughs> I, fe- I felt, I felt like I had found, you know, a really rare Pokemon on Pokemon Go or something. It's just like, and it was, who's that Pokemon? Kind of <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's awesome. I think when we see them on court, you're nope. gonna be like, Oh I love Pokemon I mean, and I love no. the Chicago sky. It's so. it's
2: usually the case where they do look better on the court in the full
0: garb when you're actually out there, but just as a standalone I for bad. me, I've seen I've seen it on some players with the shorts. It's not it's not doing it for me.
1: I've decided it's because uh Steph Dolson was wearing the shorts too high, and I think that angle wasn't a great angle of them. That was my I mean,
0: take. Steph okay. Dalton is a high short wearer. Yeah, to be
1: yeah. Sure. I need some baggy shorts. Some baggy what sh- I've
2: been what I've been meaning to do is do a really big deep dive into into the the shorts fashion oh. within the the WNBA because oh. um, I spoke to uh, Lexi Brown about it uh, last year I think it was and she's like a proper uh, she prefers her sh- shorts short whereas yeah. you know you get the Diana Tarassis who prefer them long and baggy like mm. sort of almost almost like 90s style yes. uh, but then you get Steph Dawson with a, a, a
0: quite a bit higher Tia, Tia Cooper as well hers are like mm. super they're like football shorts almost like women's football shorts
2: yeah and um and Courtney Williams often has quite baggy ones there's a, there's a whole array and I'd love to do like just you know if if someone wants to commission me to to do a, a deep dive into uh, get getting interviews with lots of different players about about their shorts preference, I think I think that could be a real eye opening area for you
0: know pro- proper analysis. I am. Um, you don't understand how much I enjoy the aesthetics of sport, and how excited I am about the prospect of that deep dive. It's a three. That's going to be a three article thing. Mm, yeah, you know. Bill Simmons the ringer, that's a real ringer piece right there. You need to get on the phone to Bill. <laughs> All right. <laughs> also, you, you I've got to pick you up on one thing because you said that what they've done with the um heroin and explorer edition jerseys, so fresh, so clean. Oh no. But I think I mean what's the worst one
2: there, really? I, I think don't. probably the I think probably the mid. Uh, let's be honest, though. I think the Sparks rebrand. I think it's, is just it's not a been bit. Right. It's just a bit
0: damp, squibbish, isn't it? We've why got. Why is it teal? Why? Why do we have teal? I I tweeted them. They did not get get back to me. But why is it teal? <laughs> why is you it? Mind, mind fresh teal?
2: I don't actually mind the. First of all, the black and yellow, beautiful. Love that. I actually like the colours and, uh, uh and the, and the sort of style of the fonts. I just don't like I'm really not on board with the logo
0: that they're going with I, the exploding palm tree.
2: Yeah. I know it's harkening back to the first season and stuff and it's just yeah, I I think it just looks it looks more dated than any of the other yeah. any of the other jerseys and any of the other relaunches because you know a lot of teams have really gone for for it this year with the anniversary
0: I think we all know that the nicest jerseys are actually the white and the blue Dallas Wings jerseys. Um, but, you know,
2: I think honestly, the Dallas ones are really, like I said before, really crisp and fresh and yeah. beautiful
0: to look at. Apart from obviously that middle one, which we're not allowed to talk about anymore. We're not allowed to talk about. And thank, Ugh, yeah, that was our ranking. We had Phoenix and Aces, uh, Aces white jersey. Taking number one spot with the Phoenix uh, Sunset jersey. Just let
2: me ju- let me just put this screen a bit bigger so I can I can there you, so you, you fully... harshly on this.
0: This was not just me. This was also Kaz and the guy Show Chai off of uh, Twitter. Um. Okay, I've got some issues. Right, I'm excited for this. Let's let's go. First of
2: all, that Seattle one at the bottom. What are you thinking? That needs to be like a top band banned really. Um the Lynx one, come on. The Lynx but both links ones on on that B tier, that needs to be much higher. What? The 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 Lynx one on the on tier B. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. they 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 are well certainly that one um with the side profile, the white one, the that white is one. like that is a top tier one. I really, I really like that you got Phoenix and the Aces up top. Why do, the one that you bought though? What are you yeah. not a fan of that one as much as the? Uh, I guess you got uh, it on that second tier, didn't you?
0: I, we, I, we went, we went uh, full uh, uh, democracy here. If this was me and I went full dictator, Darren, this would look very different. That sparks <laughs> jersey, that white good. spark jersey, I don't think it would even made detail. It would have been like, get out of here. here. It does not work <laughs> for me. Um, I think that might just be because I'm a Boston sports fan and therefore LA is just a bit of a um uh no yeah the Aces jersey would have been higher the Chicago jersey I think I tried to put lower the the shatter the the guess that pokemon one yeah get, get the get sure, the pokemon one down the <laughs> the oh the the seafoam uh liberty one I that's, had cool. That much higher. that's cool I had the that whole, higher. the whole
2: the whole liberty um equality thing
0: very mm-hmm. cool um I like that concept Definitely, it's, it's a nice concept, but the question was: Is it just lip service, or is it you know a bit deeper?
2: Well, the, we know the WNBA is pretty, pretty good at backing up its, uh, you know, its feelings about certain things. Um, it's probably the best league in the world for, yeah, um, for that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think they th- there's obviously been one or two issues at Nike regarding one or two of the jerseys, um, but at the same time. You know, I think they the rollout was pretty good, apart from the fact that a bunch of them leaked. Um, a bunch of them turned up in uh, what are they called? Dick sporting goods, yes, and um, random stores around around the US before the official launch date, and they weren't going through the till because they weren't supposed to be on sale. So, yeah, there's uh, obviously you know communication issues, which we know is a long time problem with the WBA, but it's yeah, it's it's upward traje- trajectory. That's what we're. That's what we're focusing on.
0: Oh, immensely, massively so. Like the fact that we've been able to do this and have fun with it, but mm-hmm. this hasn't been possible in years past. God no! Like no, this... you'll know better than me. Has there ever been bespoke jerseys for for the league? They maybe they have. W- but it season? was it was like
2: the first few seasons, and um, but I think they, yeah, I think they just started going to boilerplate stuff. I'm not sure of the year. But basically, everybody was on the same template, and it was just, you know, I I bought the um, the first year of the Aces. I bought I bought that, that jersey, and you know, you could just you, you could just change the color on the side, and it would be the Atlanta Dream jersey. You know, really, yeah. it was um, there, there, there was very little difference. So it's nice to see them getting creative concepts. Um, n- well, n- not just colors, and not just you know using their – they are alternate logos, you know, using actual concepts like the um, the Native American one with the uh, Connecticut yeah, with sun, the, the, the Mohegan thing. That That's awesome. Such a cool story. Um, there was a couple of other really cool stories as well. Again, the, the Chi-town smashing glass story is cool. <laughs> um, not so great concept. The, the Washington Rise jersey. That's another one of those that has sort of come under a little bit of flack because of the um, because the law that it's referring to apparently didn't necessarily. Um, I don't know the full details behind it. You'll have to. Uh, I'll have to apologise for this, but apparently the law didn't necessarily n- include um, black women yeah. at that time. So it was a, a voting right for women, but not for um, those of. Uh, african descent at the time so um yeah so there are some slight misfires but in terms of having concepts having ideas getting creative it's great
0: to see i completely agree um are they still allowed to wear the rise jersey or did that get taken no i think i think
2: the rise jersey the well i haven't heard that it's coming down um i think the dallas one is the only one that's sort of been Completely brushed off to the side. Um, I reckon we're probably going to see an, a, a new one instead yeah. of that one.
0: Fingers, fingers crossed. Just give him the um, the Dallas, the green, the the green, like the dark green, like Dallas Mavericks one. I was going to say it'd be That'd nice be really to nice
2: one. not not that very bright there. Um, yeah. I, I'm not trying to you know lump um, WNBA with MNBA, but at the same time, it'd be cool to. Where, where teams have got, but where, where there are teams in the same city, you know, I th- I think it would be cool to just have a little nod, and not just on the WNBA side, on the on the MMBA side as well. If it, if they could yeah. sort of um give a little nod next season, perhaps I think that would be really cool to see.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think it would be, I think it would be really cool. Like even just, I mean, Los LA could take that the black in, uh, sorry, yeah, the black and yellow jersey, for example, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would be cool and doable if there are links in the hmm. Um I'm here for it. Right. Now the important stuff's out of the way. Let's get to the silly business of the WNBA draft. Ooh. He says, obviously, in jest, last Thursday evening, and uh, or Thursday night, I suppose, our time. And um, that got out of hand fast, didn't it? I think it just goes to
2: show, well, it shows several things. The average WNBA fan, women's basketball fan in the United States doesn't necessarily pay attention to basketball around the rest of the world because the um, the scouts and the coaches and the people making these selections, they have been watching tape. They've been going to games. Some of them even coach abroad during the um off-season of the WNBA. So they get to see people like Awak Kuya, um, Shaila Heal, Heel, um, several of the other international players that were taken um in the first round. I think it was three or four in the first round. Um oh, I'm letting myself down now. But I think it was it was three. It was yeah. Ileana Rupert as well from France. Yeah. So you've got I I don't know if the, if that's a record um, in terms of the number of internationals taken in the first round, but it goes to show that I I wrote this in a in a piece for Sky that I think the I- individuals internationally are catching up with Americans. Teams are not yet. You know, your, Team USA is still going to dominate at this year's Olympics and probably for for the next Olympics as well. But individuals from around the world are catching up, just as they have done for the entirety of the, um, the WNBA, you know, we've got, uh, Liz Cambage, of course, we've got Lauren Cox in the past. Um, no, L- Lauren Cox, Lauren Jackson, apologies. Um, you know, we have seen these international players go over. We've got our own Temi Fagbenle go over um, and Andrea Congreves was there right at the start. It, so there's a lot of international talent that makes it to the WNBA. I don't know why, um, perhaps better pathways um, in the women's game compared to the men's game. But certainly, I think it goes to show that no mock drafts. um, I mean, I'd say including my own, I didn't do a mock draft, but certainly the talent that I'd been watching outside of Awak Queer, I wasn't necessarily um, aware of the prospects of Charlotte Heal and Ileana Rupert going in the first round. Certainly thought they'd be selected. They're good enough players for their respective countries. But um, yeah, I think it, I think it's a good sign for international basketball on the women's stage.
0: Speaking of international basketball, of course, uh, third pick in the second round going to the Atlanta Dream, Raquel Carrera Quintana. Oh, where was? Her, oh, have I said her name wrong? No, no, yeah, no. I what a player, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, oh my God, how much has her stock risen as a result of the Euro Cup final four?
2: I think it must have done. You know they. If you
0: consider the Euro Cup,
2: um, it's probably the second biggest stage in in, in European basketball. Yep. So outside of um, the WNBA, outside of the Olympics, um, perhaps the World Cup, it's probably the fifth or sixth biggest stage in the world in women's basketball. To go to the rim, get fouled, and sink two free throws to go from – behind, down one, and then go ahead by one in that Euro Cup final with less than a second left on the clock. That takes some guts. And she's 19 or is she 20? 19.
0: No, she's 19 19 years old.
2: It's incredible, isn't it? Even today, at a local league level, if I go to the free throw line and and it's like the first quarter and the game doesn't matter at all, I will miss both those free throws because everybody's watching me take free throws. To do that... You know, it's it's a different level of confidence you have to have in yourself, and yeah, it. I honestly, I sort of thought Raquel might actually go in the first round because of that performance. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, sec, third pick in the second round—that's not far out of the um, out of the first round. But yeah, it's it's great to see to see her get, getting getting recognised like that.
0: No, I, I mean, Kaz and I were watching the game uh, like remotely chatting, and uh, oh the courage in that A pressure and, uh, incredible word. oh not so bad for Temmie though yeah God. of course
2: yeah.
0: absolutely gutted and you, um
2: is it,
1: Beck, is it Beck Allen as well just stood, stood yeah just
0: losing it, it. <laughs> but no um well, I thought just on another tangent um that Euro Cup Final four more enjoyable than the Euroleague Final Four dare I say this year
2: I think a lot of you yeah yes yeah, but possibly I'd I'd, I'd I'd possibly agree with you on that. I think um I think that final game for um well I think CBA uh, Avenida they were they were the team of Euroleague final four even though they didn't win. Yeah. I think they produced two excellent games. And they were exciting down to the wire, both of them. And they were the underdog in both of them, possibly. Um, but, you, you know, I think when you compare the sort of top tier talent, um, you know, I think that it, yeah, sort of top gun to top gun, um, I think you'd probably take. Most of the other three teams over CBA, to be perfectly honest. But it was it was great to see them really fight. They they have a lot of trust in each other. That team has been together for a couple of years now. Um, yeah. You know, with, with with the addition of one or two international pieces, obviously. But uh, Carly Samuelson has been there for a few years. Hoff has been there for a few years, I believe. I think she's been there for a few years. Um, even though she sort of got. I, I think best up and comer or something she was uh, on that list of awards but um you know she's improved so much um and yeah i think it's a really great team that they've got there and you know, you know obviously, obviously tiffany hayes does does her thing um but it was it was great to see it was uh, really enjoyable um but both both of them were were really great but yeah i probably agree with you EuroCup cup was was excellent fun this year enjoyed watching it
0: I'm really pulling for a Valencia-Avenida final in the Spanish playoffs. I think that would be great fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I think think it's probably
2: going to be the way that it goes as well, to be honest. Probably.
0: The the winning margin over the two games was one point for Avenida. They won one game by two and lost the other by one. uh, Yeah. Saint Nicholas. Okay, let's have a look at... our very high-tech. There it is. It's a web page. Oh, look at this. I know. Uh, okay, so first couple of dra- uh, draft picks. Dallas Wings, pick number one. Charlie Collier, the forward centre from Texas. Dallas Wings and then took the second pick. The first time ever. They were very excited about this. Uh, Awak Kouye. Uh Kaz, you you interviewed Kouyer the other day, the Finnish centre. What were your, your take? We'll just you know, start backward as we ever do on this show. What were your takeaways from the interview with Kouyer?
1: Yeah, I think she's she's really excited about coming over to play in the WNBA. She's, I mean, she's excited to play against the players in the league, she said, looking forward to meeting her teammates. But she's also excited to just come over and live in America, just with it being so different to Finland. And that's an experience she's looking forward to. Um, she was also talking about, like I asked her for people that hadn't, Seen her play before, how would she describe her game? Um, and she says, you know, she's just an athletic player who can run the floor. She loves playing defense. She can do a bit of everything, um, but she's really, really high on being a, a good defensive player. And she said, playing pro for the year that she has is something that's really helped her learn that um, while she's been in Italy. So I, I and her length, her length mm. is incredible. Like, there's, we tweeted out a, a quick highlights tape of her in, in Euro Cup. And she's just long. She's so good, and I, I love that pickup for Dallas as well.
0: So as a as a Dallas Wings, is fan too strong a word? Because I'm going to use it. Um, should I be excited? You should be excited. You should be excited. Tell me about Charlie Collier. Who?
2: Um, Charlie Collier's a good athletic. The my my concern with taking Charlie and Awak. One and two, is that the same sort of size? I arguably Awak can play three positions, so I I don't think we need to worry too much about the positionality because um, because I I think Charlie can only really play that big center position, whereas Awak can play small forward, power forward, and big. Charlie Collie is very good, very talented. She's got one of the best sort of um, run to the post games. You know, she's because she's athletic. She'll just beat a player down the court, and it often end up with sort of a mismatch. Um, when you get down low, the ball gets thrown into her, and uh, she has a good feel, uh, an offensive feel in terms of like when someone is defending defending her. She can sort of spin either either direction. Um, quite comfortably and go in for an easy drop step and an easy layup. My, my concern is that she's six, five, which is a, is a big size, but she's gonna, she's, I can't see her playing the four, and she's going to be going up against Liz Cambage, Brittany Greiner, um, Sylvia Fowles, who are six, seven, six, eight. That's, and they're much more physical, much stronger than her. So I think she's going to have to learn to play a little bit further away from the basket because they're going to be good defensive players who are able to, you know, not give her so much of one side to attack to, um, you know, which is something that she was able to do very well against, you know, 19, 20 year olds, but now she's going up against fully grown women who are pretty good at what they do. Um, that being said, you know, there's only really four, maybe five true bigs in the WNBA um, at, at the moment. So half the league she'll be able to play well against. Um, I just worry that her game won't immediately translate. Whereas I think our queer, I think it might, because of her, uh, her versatility, she may end up getting a few more um, looks and some better opportunities, which might make some people question the choice of one or two um, once the season starts. But we'll see. It's a good storyline.
0: It is a good storyline. Um, Dallas have been interesting in the drafts the cap- last couple of years because they've got Collier, Courier, they've got the Satuna got bella allery i wonder about bella allery if she makes it out of camp i i mean she's been in pretty good form to be fair uh watching her
2: in euro euro league um she she was the backup um but i thought every time i watched uh one of their games she played really well um and I think it was just that she was beaten by a better player. Um, on that team, I think her competition is going to be Charlie. It's going to be um, Isabel Harrison. there's um, another big... I feel like I'm missing one.
0: It's completely left me. I was trying to find their, their uh season roster. It's uh, Regardless,
2: amazing. I think... If she doesn't get on on the wings team, I'm I'm inclined to think that she would. To be honest, I think the player that possibly misses out if they need to cut one of those bigs might be Harrison. Simply because not not necessarily because Bella Allery is better. More to do with the fact that they're going young. You know, yeah. They've. Uh, I think this will be Harrison's fifth or sixth season. And everyone else is only in their second or third. Uh, Isabel Harrison,
0: four years.
2: So I think she's got four years experience.
0: Yeah. And this is year five. This
2: is year five. Um, So, you know, they, I think it's going to be an interesting composition and it'll be, I'm very interested more, more than anything. I'm interested to see what happens uh, coaching wise, because you have um, a pure fire scorer, uh, in the point guard's name. What is Arike that? Gumbawale. Arike Ogumboale. Arike Gumbawale. Thank you. Um, she is going to be the leading scorer of that team. Um, but at the same time, you have a, a lot of young players who have a lot of talent but possibly need nurturing. Um, yeah. Whereas Arike is ready to just go. Um, so it's going to be interesting to find out how... The coaching staff brings along that team because you know they were battling for a playoff spot last year. They might even you know get uh, slightly further in the playoffs. And I think a few people might immediately think Um, I'm not making any any bold predictions, but I think I, I think they could be competing for perhaps a second round in. We shall see. I, we I shall see because cha- they're still said, very young.
0: I did you say championship?
2: I I see Enrique and I see Diana Taurasi, um, ten years ago. You know, so I think she might have the capability of just lifting a team and dragging it to wherever she
0: wants to go. It it, it makes me laugh when you say um they're going to need like nurturing and, and and you know like a bit of gentle introduction to the league, I suppose. Because Arika and a, Arika doesn't need that. Do you exactly. see the bench with Dinamo Kursk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. and
2: I, and I think Yeah, I, I think Arique is is ready and the one thing about the WNBA is that they play for like three months. You can't have a, you can't necessarily You don't have time to say, oh, it's okay. You missed that shot. Oh, you you missed that defensive assignment. Oh, you missed that pass. You know, you'll you'll get it next time. There's none of that in the WNBA. It's cutthroat. So you need to be on point straight away. And that's why you might see, you know, so I guess I'm sort of, uh, you know, being slightly hypocritic now, but, um, you know, that's why they might, the Wings might go for Isabel Harrison over Bella Allery because Harrison doesn't make mistakes very often. You know, she's not the most explosive scorer. You know, she's obviously battled injuries and battled issues for in, in previous seasons. But she's still pretty damn good. And, you know, she started for that Italian team. I can't remember the name of them now, but um, you know, and she was, she was one of their better players. So, it's going to be interesting to see, like I said, who makes that team. But depending on the makeup of it, depending on how driven they are and how well coached they are, we, we could see them doing very well.
0: Okay, we're getting a little bit of crackle on who's microphone. Here, so do apologize for that. The joys of live audio, uh, uh, the live audio experience. Um, Number three, Atlanta Dream put, picked Airy McDonald out of Arizona we saw what she did in the in the in the tournament i want to say in the final four in particular um she nearly won that championship that's outrageous um again another one who i th- did her stock rise immensely because of the march madness because it felt like it did to me i'm willing to be wrong
2: I th- well i think there were a few people who were even considering slotting her at number one um, I don't think th- I don't think she was gonna go number one ever because um, I think Charlie Collier you know put up too much of a uh, a good campaign throughout the the regular season throughout uh, throughout the three years four years at college so um you know I think she was up op- she was always going to go number one, but um, yeah, Aerie, she was fantastic. And I think her stock rose, um, but yeah, some people saw her go, going even higher. So I think she went at the right spot. Um, fantastic small guard. So what she's doing on the Atlanta dream, I do not know, <laughs> um, but I guess maybe they were just picking talent um, yeah. and seeing, you know, it's but that, that point guards two guard position is gonna be a rock fight. Um I would love to yeah, I'd love to be a fly of the wall during that training camp because that's
0: gonna be hell. <laughs> is is Kennedy Carter's spot under under fire here? Like don't upset Kaz or anything, but uh, quite 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 possibly. I don't know what you think, Kaz.
1: Ah, uh, this is. I th- I think. See, I said this, and I don't know if it. Went, I don't know if it went down too well with Darren and Mikey. I think they're going to be <laughs> the the best backcourt. The, not the best, but the most fun backcourt, aren't they? It's going to be so fast, so fun. They're going to score loads of points. They might not win. They might not win a lot, but they're going to be fun to watch, like CJ and Dame on Portland, like. It's going to be fun, yeah. I do wonder how it works with two players that like the ball a lot. But when Carter was playing off ball last, se- when she did wasn't playing the point last season, you know she she's got more space to do things. So I wonder if maybe they, they either have a backup or they just switch.
2: I mean, they've, they've also got Courtney Williams, who mm-hmm. is you know another firecracker. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know, I think between. Courtney Williams and Aerie McDonald, you know, we're going to... No, no point guard is going to want to go up against them because they're going to be guarding them 94 feet. Um, mm-hmm. How they'll deal with then playing in the half court when the ball gets dumped to some of the bigger players and we get cross matches and that sort of thing, that's going to be difficult. Um, yeah, we've seen a lot of people, a lot of, you know, Experts more intelligent than than us three put together say there are it, the the WNBA draft is about fit. It's not about talent. Um, and that's a situation where Aerie could, you know, she could make the team and she could play a few minutes, but equally she could not. And she, you know, she could just, we could see her announcing her signing with Dynamo Kursk in a, in a you know, yeah. in two weeks' time because that won't
0: happen. No. Arike Gumba is Arike Are going back? Okay. Is her and Ogumbawale Ag- gonna work like? I don't know. I don't know. I
2: think I think I think that they would play well. I think Ogumbawale could be
0: actually she I think I she, think be she could be a two guard. Yeah, well, she is a two guard, but um in her first season with Dallas, she just had to play the one because they had no yeah. other one guard. Yeah. And last year we saw her play the two guard a bit. I think it was Mabury. Those two yeah well yeah they together. were
2: they were great together.
0: Maybridge just came out of she didn't come out of nowhere obviously, but it was like you look at her game log DMP 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 three minutes five minutes and then that monster performance against Phoenix ah.
2: Oh. But it what is was, like we said, it's like fit. You know, yeah. she they they just realized oh this this person works really well next to this person. That's yeah. just player.
0: Like these f- guys f- played f- together, f- together f- in college for years. Like they, it went pretty good. Yeah. yeah.
1: it it surprised me atlanta took a guard rather than a big
2: yeah especially because they i don't know how well kalani brown has worked out in the WNBA. she's still in atlanta isn't she Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah i'm not sure how well she's gonna work out you know she's especially on that team um i don't i don't know if she's quick enough to to keep up with those three guards. um with all the respect in the world, she's a you know she's a much taller player and is better suited to a slower half-court offense, in, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, we're, we'll see what happens with that team. But I agree with you. I think it, they pro- possibly should have taken a, a a tall, athletic wing who could sort of play up a little
0: bit. But
2: there's okay. a reason I'm not coaching in the WBA
0: now. The what kind of li- Do you need qualifications to do that? Do you need some I'm sort sure, of coaching I'm, co- license? Um,
2: I'm sure there is a coaching pathway, but that being said, there's a lot of um, former players who just get slotted in. I don't know yeah. if they've got coaching qualifications.
0: I wonder. Okay, right. This is where it all went a little bit spicy. Number four overall, going to Indiana Fever, Kaiser Gondrazik. I think. I think you mispronounced it. I think it's Rookie of the Year, Kaiser. Gone oh, sorry, sorry. I was about to say, like, I am. You take issue with the WNBA pronunciation guide on that one. <laughs> rookie of the year. So who we're not having is, a. a another who 30- else is going to be playing in Indiana? <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's got a, that's a good point. That's a Very good point. <laughs> She's gonna. They. She was on like. She was in the third round of most people's mock drafts,
0: right? And, including ESPN.
2: Yeah. So, Indiana Fever have obviously seen something in her, and they've said, guys, let's just give her the ball. You know? I honestly think that's what's going to happen, and we're going to see. It's going to be interesting. I wonder if Temi, because, of course, Indiana Fever owns the rights to Temi Bagbenlay like yeah. now. I wonder if she's going to get a chance to play with it, because that'd be interesting. Mm. But fun guard, um I... As much as I know about it, to be honest, like I, I I don't study college basketball at all really. Um on the men's side or the women's side. It but my understanding is that she's a knockdown shooter who is sort of plays with good strength for her size, um and can sort of be a one or a two, is my understanding. So I think she's probably gonna see more time at the point or certainly more time um receiving the ball to, to close out shot clocks, that sort of thing. Because really, like, who else is going to be doing it on the Indiana Fever this year? True.
1: Have, have we ever seen that, – not that I can remember and for everyone's reaction – have we ever seen someone jump that high that no one was expecting?
2: Um, I mean, I, I've, like I said, I'm not a college expert. I, I haven't followed college basketball with – with great depth ever. So I might not be the best person to ask about that, but certainly that was that I was, I was listening into um, to the uh, women's basketball weekly clubhouse um, chat with uh, Christina Williams. And there were a, a, a lot, there was a lot of reaction on that. Um, now, they, they have a lot of reactionary people on it as well. You know, it's, it's got a bunch of personalities tuning in, but everybody was shocked at Kaiser Drezek. And I think it showed how much of a shock it was because they had two clips of her, um, the, you know, the ESPN broadcast. They, they showed those two clips, and then they went immediately to a commercial break because they didn't <laughs> know what to say about it. They didn't have any analysis on her. So I think it was a big shock. Um, I think they sort of expected. Oh, don't worry, we're not going to need to talk about her. She's going to be a second, late second or third round player when we're talking about other stuff and showing our feature packages. So yeah, it was, it was a shock. And but you know, it's going to be fun. It's gonna, they're either going to fail massively and it's going to be another Indiana Fever season, or she's going to be the rookie of the year. That
1: that for me makes. I wanna watch her straight away just because yeah. of the storyline. I, oh, yeah. I want to see like what, what Indiana has seen.
0: is Candice the there? or did she get away? She's in Seattle. Mm. Oh, away. Thank God.
1: She's in Seattle
0: now. I like but I, I, I mean that with respect to her. Oh, no, she saw, needed a chance to win. Yeah. You saw the body language at the end of the season mm. in games where she just looked cut such a frustrated figure. Like I've given you guys my whole career to date, mm. let's do something. Oh, we're not doing anything okay. Mm. I respect the heck out of it. All right. Fifth pick. We're not going to go through all, you know, uh, how many draft picks were there? 36. 36. We're going through all 36. We're just going to do the first 24. No, that's a joke. Uh right. Anyway, number five to the Dallas Wings via Washington, Chelsea, Dungy, Arkansas guard. What? Again, a guard going to Dallas. Will they make the team? Will I, I? don't know. I've got no other questions, really. Am I? Should I be excited?
2: I, this one, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm not hugely up on. I, I you know, same as Kaiser Gondrezic. You know, I think it was someone who was slightly taken a slightly above. I think people sort of expected a late first round if she was going to go anyway. Um. Yeah, I. I think I'm going to be drawing up. G- Blanks on this one. I don't. I don't know if you know any more cars
1: No, I'm not. Um, I, I know the name. I've seen a few clips, but I'm not super familiar with it at all. Was, but yeah, it's, it's another
0: it's guard oh,
1: Sorry, go on. Just, no, just another guy. Like Dallas have a lot of guards.
0: Mm, yeah, mean, didn't they take one? Players.
2: Didn't they take one in the in the second round as well? I'm sure we'll come on to that. Uh, Dana Dana Evans. Yes, Dana yeah. Evans. But who I think everybody expected sort of to be taken which also Dungy was taken. Um, yeah, it you
0: feels know, like it was, she, she dropped.
2: It's sort of like have you ever seen um, Have you ever seen Draft Day? The sort of mm-hmm. N- NFL um, movie. It was total cosh but it was uh, it, no, it was, in a good way. Like it was, you know, it was a great film, but also kind of rubbish. And it was almost like the Dallas Wings said Dana Evans, no matter what. Um, yep. and you know, they let her drop and they let her drop, and they eventually got her because of this the 1700 trades that they made in the past couple of years. Um, so,
0: what I hear is very much like when the Seattle Kings took Nick Staskus, Staskus, the Seattle and Kings, do you mean Sacramento Kings? Kings? Did I say Seattle? I meant Sacramento <laughs> yeah. Kings. Seattle, Sorry. Me. it's all good. So, um, when they when yeah. they took uh, yeah, Staskus. And Vinick Rannadive, he's just going ranadive, sorry, he's going around being like Starskis, Starskis, Stasikus.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty sure. Oh, it, it might not have been the Nick Stasikus draft. It might have been a different draft, but he kept on comparing a player to uh, to, to Stephen Curry, um, and was saying, "Oh, this this guy is basically Stefan Curry." And it was just, no, it's just, I think not. that I think that might have been. it stuff. might have been Stasikus.
0: Or was it buddy remember. or was it Buddy Healed when they traded for him? Hmm. Can't remember. Think of it was Stans. Yeah. Um is there anybody else in the first round that really jumps out at you as let's talk about this individual?
2: Um I think I think Rainier Davis um dropped quite far with um I I mean I don't know how uh I, I don't know how Cheryl Reeve keeps doing it, but she keeps coming away with oh, yeah. what, one of the best players in the draft every single year, even though she keeps drafting between nine and 12 every single year. Um, it's like I, like I said at the start, it's great to see Shyla Heal. It's great to see Eliana Rupert. Um, it's great to see Raquel Carrera. And uh, there was another French... Oh, um, yeah, um late in the uh, in the draft in the third round i think it was um uh the new york liberty drafted another french marine um in marine Fado. uh so that that'll be interesting to see whether or not she comes over this year um i think one of the players that i really enjoyed um and mainly because of Piers of march madness was kiana williams um And also, I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan um, and she's from San Antonio uh, and they sort of honoured her at at the San Antonio Spurs game. But one of the first things that she said during her draft interview was, I'm really looking forward to seeing Dan Hughes um, because he was a coach of the San Antonio Silver Stars. And I just (laughs) felt like she was this, she wasn't the best player on the court at any point in any game um, during her college career, probably, but she was the heart and soul of, of the team. Um, and, you know, she could score, I think it was like 12, 13 points, but she would always be able to hit the biggest shot um, on that team, you know, it on, on a, on a very talented uh, team as well. So, it'll be interesting to see how she does because she'll be playing behind Sue Bird. She'll also be playing behind Jordan Canada in Seattle. Um, But I think she could be sort of playing alongside Jordan Canada um, in a couple of years time. Um, She won't see many minutes this year, but I think it's in terms of her skill set, in terms of what that team needs going forward after Sue Bird retires, um, I think I think she's got the perfect spot.
0: Player that I want to draw attention to in the third round with the seventh pick, the Indiana Fever via Chicago, take Argentine guard Florencia Chagas. Too much excitement all across Argentina. I got in touch with my man, my main man, Faku Algoin. Uh, big racing fan, and uh, if you need. Blessing basketball or any basketball, faku is your main man. Anyway, this is the message he sent me on uh, Florence here. A tremendous joy about Florence. I remember when the tournaments between the provinces were played in the training sessions, Everyone whined when they saw her in the court because they knew that she broke it, and that they were going to be champions. thanks to her. Ha <laughs> ha Today everybody <laughs> applauds. they standing. So thank you, Faku. Who writes so beautifully in a second language more beautifully than I can write in my first language? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so big shout out to that. Uh, Faku, I'm excited. I am a big fan of Argentines in all sports. Meli Greta is my favorite basketball player. I want to see her in the league firstly, sort it out. WNBA teams, she's a great guard. You're doing yourselves misjustice, anyway. Could she make the Fever roster? I mean, third round. But no. I mean, it,
2: if, if we're truly honest with ourselves, half of the first round won't make it onto a roster. That is, that is fair. The league is long due in expansion. Um, and, you know, we're not going to... Sadly, we're not going to see many of these rookies in earn, earn a spot, which is a real shame, because I, I'd say, you know, maybe not the top um, grouping... I think there's there's been years in the past few years where the top the top five picks have been better, but from top to bottom, I think it's a pretty, I, I think it's one of the better WNBA drafts we've had. Like you said, the international talent um, from Argentina, France, um, all over Europe. It's been France, Serbia. There's been some fantastic players drafted, so that's great to see. Um, but also, like you know the a lot of people said that the third round looked like the second round should have looked because so many players were drafted ahead of where they should have been. So many shock drafts, you know, Kaiser Gondrezic taken up up early. Um, Shiloh Heal moves up much further in the draft than a lot of people expected. So I think, um, yeah, I think the talent is, is far outweighs what the league can offer at the moment. Uh, So, Yeah, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, The commissioner, Cathy Engelbert, said um, in her pre-draft press conference that should everything go well with the league this year, it might be that we start to see consideration of teams next season. I doubt they'll have everything in place to expand it to 14 teams next year, but perhaps we will get some news that there is a team in the works and perhaps we could see something in 2023.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, The league needs to expand. We keep saying this, there's so much talent that you could, I know it goes beyond that. We're not simplistic children here. We do understand the realities of it, but the realities of it are you could make the WNBA the best league in the world and it arguably i don't know how to frame that because it's a three it's a summer league
2: my yeah that's that's my position is that everybody calls it the best league in the world and possibly it has well it's, it certainly has the best american talent yeah uh, i'd say that the 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 world's talent pool on the women's side of basketball is more even and I think there's a just as there's a lot of American players who I'm sure we've we've spoken to you know a lot of players say they go over to Europe because they have to to supplement their income you know they don't want to go there; they prefer to earn all of their income in their home country because it's their home country just as you or I if we could if we could play NBA or WNBA basketball ourselves we'd probably prefer to have a franchise in our hometown so we can just you know Tr- work out there and train there. Um, All they needs <laughs> it, and and unfortunately, there, there's not one in the Ronda valleys that's that's good enough. You know, rest in peace the Ronda Rebels, but there's been a lot of, uh, there, there's been a lot of talent that's migrated over to Europe, and that, I think that's risen the game mm-hmm. in the women's basket in women's basketball. As a result, we've got fantastic teams and players in Euroleague and even in Euro Cup who play in the WNBA and more in Eurocup and Euroleague who could play. Is
0: Natasha okay? Howard playing Euro Cup final. Exactly. Just, exactly. And Temi and a heap of other ridiculous talent.
2: Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um and it's it's great to see. It's, it really is. Um but until the WNBA moves to a six-month league, six-month sport. Um, I, I want to see it double the amount of games. I want it to start in late October, finish in March, April. And, you know, if you got double the amount of games, I don't see why you couldn't nearly double the salaries, in, in my view. And I think that's what they need to do, rather than just try and work around... You know international leagues, and then also the Olympics every four years, and the World Cup every four years, and then you know other international tournaments like like uh, EuroBasket and yeah, I mean, you know, I
0: Miesmann not playing this year, for example.
2: So three out of four years, you're you're competing with some uh, an, an an international tournament, and it's just not. To, to me, I, I just think it—it's—it will always stop the WNBA from being the best league in the world until they—they yeah. they switch that up. And it's time. It's time. They've got the talent pool. They've got—they've um, got rising interest. And I, yeah. E- even if they add two teams, I don't. I still don't think it's going to be enough. I think we need to move the calendar. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: players that cool. can't come over for the start of training camp because they're still
2: in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we've... It, well, just, just look at um, the EuroLeague and the EuroCup finals. You know, we had Katie Lou Samuelson, Tiffany Hayes, like you said, Natasha Howard, um, Isabel Harrison, Awak Kouya, um I mean, Carly Samuelson? I reckon she's probably played well enough to, to get back on the WNBA Um There were... Uh, there, there were loads. There were loads. Yeah. So, and it, that, that's that's not even mentioning the um, the, the Borg of, over in Russia. You know, like which is just an a, a nba All Star team. Yeah. Plus Albert Torrent, You know, and one or two others. So I think I think it's time to you know pull your big girl pants on and uh, <laughs> make, make make the change. I think.
0: And the thi- thing to also consider is, last week we had finals. Uh, tomorrow, Katchenberg and Kursk played their first of three game playoffs. The Spanish playoffs go for another two weeks, I think. Yeah, because they've still got semi-finals and stuff to play. Yeah. So it's it's, it's a short it's a short window. It's a real short window to get
2: mm-hmm. players
0: over there. And also, you're asking these 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 players to play twelve months in a year. And then you're wondering why people go down here with knees and such. Mm.
2: Hmm.
0: I don't know. Well, I think we do know. We do know the solution. Selfishly, I kinda like it as a summer thing because that means the best players come over and play in Europe. And, but and
2: you know, it's basketball all year round. I'm not gonna complain about that. Oh, but, I'm not gonna um, complain
0: about that. Would never complain about that. Um but no, it, it does need to go to a six month minimum six month uh, calendar, like a if you want to be a top-tier league, you have to be a top-tier league. You cannot be mm. a glorified... Not glorified, that's, that's harsh, but uh, you know a summer, a summer format league. So, yeah, there we go. We're, we're right in women's basketball in the WNBA, again. Where, where would you like to see a team? If you could put teams anywhere, where would you plunk them? Mm. I'll give you a maximum of four. Being just... I
2: have this weird affinity with San Antonio. Um, It's it's because I'm a Spurs fan, but I I would like to see them return. Um, But I think it would be great to see one in Toronto. Mm -hmm. It would be great to see one in Golden Golden State area, sort of that Bay area. Um, And, you know, I mean, we're never going to see one in... The NBA is looking very hard. The MNBA is working very hard at Mexico City. Mm. Um, I, You know, South America is, you know, it's fantastic for women's basketball. Um, you know, a lot of WNBA players go there um, to play their winter basketball. So it'd be interesting to see them get a team um, and equally, you know, it's, there's always the dream of them um, uh, having a London, London franchise, or a yeah. or a German franchise, or something, or a French franchise. But um, that's never going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think Toronto for me would be fantastic
0: to see. They need to put women's team in the Boston Garden. That needs to happen. Yeah, I think. I mean, they like, got Connecticut down the road. That, that's but...
2: that's the thing. Like they got Connecticut just down the road. So I. But that being said, I um, I. My partner's uh, parents went to Boston uh, a year or two, three years ago now, a little while ago. Um, and I asked them to go into all the sports shops, see if they could see any Connecticut Sun jerseys. And of course, they were there were none, none, um, none. you know. Uh, and they said you probably need to go to, uh, you know, closer to Connecticut rather than Boston, which is in Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, or you would need to just order them online. They were pretty honest about it. We're not, <laughs> not many shops are going to have them. So yeah, it's um, it would be great to see one in Boston, but you know, then you've got Boston, you got New York, and you got a couple of others in that sort of uh, northeast area, Washington. Um, so I think it'd be uh, might be overcrowded that area
0: a little bit. Cuts down on travel. We
2: Need one in Philly, but then, but then again, t- yeah, we need one in Philly. Then, yeah. And then Toronto is right, right it's over the border.
0: Just over the border. So it's, it's the same place. So. Yeah, Montreal, is that where you want one as well? <laughs> yeah. I, I like it. I like it. We need to fix uh, these things. Who? Hey, I'm not too sure how much longer we've got you for. We've already taken an hour of your time. I was hoping you wouldn't notice. I'm here now. Uh, <laughs> sorry, brought it to your attention. Um, I don't remember if we asked this last time. What's your condiment of the year? My what? My. Like, oh, so, I take it we didn't. Your condiment of the year. What?
2: What's a condiment? Like jam.
0: Yeah, I like that. Well, oh, I don't know. Oh, is jam a condiment? A, mm. sauce. That's a, 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 yeah, like a sauce. Yeah, yeah like sauce.
2: Sauce. I tell you what. I've been. Oh. Um, I think it was. A, it must have been a Christmas. Um, there's a Welsh uh, sauce maker. I think it's called Bogglen. Oh. Sounds right. right. Can't remember
0: what like was sauce maker.
2: My parents bought me a bottle of um, sweet chili sauce for um, for Christmas. It was lush, and I'm still yeah. working on it. Actually, the one thing I will say, I'm, I'm sure they're all listening. I'm sure they're all big women's basketball fans. Sort out your bottles because they just don't work. Like you try to shake out the sauce, and it's a glass bottle. It's a beautiful bottle, but it's just not. It's just not good for pouring. You know, I've got to be fishing
0: it out with a knife and stuff, and nobody wants that. Uh, no one wants that. Plus, you're lo- you're losing out on a lot of quality Bogland uh, sweet chili sauce there because you're not getting that knife. I'm not getting corners. all of it.
2: Awesome. I'm going
0: to have to water it down. And... Oh, no one needs that. <laughs> that's 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 nightmare scenario. We have a comment. Chester Donnelly, get involved. Cranberry sauce is a condiment, which is also a jam. It's a fair point. It is a fair point. I'm not much of a cranberry guy, though. <laughs> I, I I wasn't accusing you of being here. <laughs> <laughs> um, wonderful, wonderful. Would you like to hang around for a few moments for Kaz's corner and Kaz's stat line of the week? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, let's let's uh, travel over to Kaz's corner. Still haven't made a graphic for it beyond this. Boom! Welcome to Kaz's a... corner. That's that's a good looking graphic, Kaz. Oh, right um, now. Okay, we're yes. in your corner, bud. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, not a lot been going on in Europe, aside, well, obviously, aside from the big one of Euroleague, like in the domestic leagues, everyone's having a bit of a break. So, to quickly cover the Euroleague final, we had Ekaterinburg and uh, Avenida, which actually I think was a lot closer than people expected. Um, UMMC won by 10 points, but Avenida jumped out to a 22 to 9 lead in the first quarter, which I think just surprised everyone behind Tiffany Hayes' 13 points in the quarter, which was pretty phenomenal to watch if you can go back and watch it. Um, Brianna Stewart was named MVP of the final four, and it's Akashian Berg's sixth title. So they tie the record for most titles for a team. Alba
0: Torrens, six titles.
1: six titles with Diana Tarassi and Natalia Viru. Have I said that right?
0: Lots of nods. Maybe, yeah. Hey, <laughs> who, you had a bit of a face when. Sorry, sorry, Kaz. I'm cutting over you. No, go ahead. Hey, you had a bit of a face when when uh, Brianna Stewart was named MVP. What, what's the story? It's. <laughs> um, no it should have no.
2: been it shouldn't have been her. Um in my in my opinion. I thought uh, I, I thought Emma Misaman or Courtney van der Sloot. It, it's mainly from the performance in the finals, um, yeah. rather than the final four. Um but I thought I, yeah, I thought Brianna Stewart didn't play as well as she'd been playing in that final game. Um she had a couple of costly turnovers in important moments, whereas um Vandersloot was oh god, she was dominant um from the point position. Knew exactly when to pass and when to shoot and uh when to you know shoot from mid-range, when to go in for a layup. Um she was brilliant that game, I thought. And you know, I've got a soft spot for Emma Lisa anyway. Um yeah. you know, she's probably my favorite women's basketball player at the moment. So um I always feel it should go to her anyway. But um, <laughs> but I honestly, I thought in that final, she was, um, she, again, she was like perfect. She was so clutch in certain situations. And she's just peren- perennially underrated as a defender. Um, I think she doesn't get the credit she deserves. And, yeah, I thought she probably deserved it.
0: On the on, the, on the commentary, it sounded like it was going to Miesemann. And then mm. it, it didn't.
1: It's interesting because it, the, the, it's, for, it's a Final Four MVP. Yeah. Final
0: yeah.
1: MVP, which just seems strange, really. You
2: don't...
0: Because... It feels like a very FIBA thing.
2: Mm. Yeah. They have to be different, don't they? Yeah.
0: Because of the live we're... rims, like, we're, we're good. We, we give awards normally, but we'll keep the live rims. Uh, oh, is it just me with the... No, I'm with the you. And the five-second closely guarded—you love to see it. <laughs> um, if if we're if we're allowed to go final four, then obviously it should have been Satya Sabali. Like, don't, don't, what are you saying?
1: So, so who was it that said that that a Ekischenberg game was going to be the closest of the two semifinals? Me, that's who.
2: <laughs> it was, <laughs> but, but was it the closest though? Because it was yeah. only really in like the the last. It was the closest score.
1: My claim was it was going to be the closest score. Fair enough,
2: but I think that the last three minutes, you know, until the last three minutes, it was it was only two points in it. You know, (laughs) they had a chance to. It was just an awful possession uh, by CBA. To um, I think it was Tiffany Hayes had the ball, and it was just such a crap possession where they were down two. They had a chance to tie it, and uh, yeah, they. I think it was Van der Sloot again who got the steal and um, and got out on the break, mm-hmm. but yeah, like Chester was saying, I think um, I think Gr- Griner was was solid as well. Um, it's just a shame that she can't perform on the WNBA level, isn't it?
0: Well, I was going to say, is is this a return to form for Brittany Griner, and are we going to see her doing her business in the W? Is she still in Phoenix? De- not, de- oh, define... she didn't end up in she didn't she didn't end up in Minnesota in our fantasy like our fantasy <laughs> su- suggested.
2: There were there were a few rumors about going to Dallas. I think at one point.
0: Yeah, um, there were there were for like all the I,
2: I mean, when you say return to form, how do you define that?
0: Take her European form and put it in the WNBA. That's the thing.
2: I don't. I don't yeah. think personally for me. I don't think she's ever lived up to the hype in the WNBA. Um, I think. She's got the she's got the height, but she never goes inside in the WNBA. Um, she's a terrible rebounder in the WNBA for for her size. And um, she's a good defender, you know. She she can block shots, but I just I I think the European game suits her too, you know, so much more.
0: And also, could it could it also be? You're asking, you're asking her to play twelve months, and maybe she's not built for twelve months. Maybe because that's ridiculous, still ridiculous. What did you make of? Um, again, this sounds like I'm dunking on FIBA. I love you, FIBA. You're great. If you ever want me to commentate women's basketball for you, I will. Um, I swore when they put up the finals, final four MVP for the Euro Cup, they put Carrera Cantana's name on the graphic. Just for a, just for a moment, did I dream that? I can't remember seeing it. I, so. may, I may have dreamt that.
2: No, I
1: saw really it at the time.
0: Ah, because I was like, that isn't her. But I thought she, I thought she could have, uh, could very well have been. All right, Kaz, what else is going on in Kaz's corner?
1: Um, we are gearing up for the Spanish finals and the Turkish finals this late this week. Um, and that is about it apart from my stat line this week.
0: And of course the Russian finals, like we've mentioned, they tip off tomorrow.
1: I mean that's that's kind of decided already, isn't it? So
0: yeah, <laughs> Kersk, Enrique <laughs> Gumbawale. They're taking it. So Enrique in two, don't worry about it. <laughs> Do you want
1: my uh my stat line? Oh, there is, there has been some Swedish and Kosovan basketball. That's where we're we're gonna head
0: to. Oh, right. Let's see this, let's see the stat line of the week. Kazi B.
1: So, three stat lines for you, Q, and you and uh, Darren need to pick your stat line of the week. So, first of all, we have Sarandra D- Daki in Kosovo. She's playing for Bashkimi. Um, she had 19 points on nine of 16 shooting, 15 rebounds, six were offensive. I've put this in mm. there. Yeah, um, five assists, three steals, um, not stars. I was a- going to
2: say, what, what's what's a star? <laughs>
1: To L and press return. Uh, um, they beat Penza um in the final. So they are now tied one and one. Ooh. And then in Sweden, we have Clara Lunkvist uh playing for Alvik against Lue- Luella. Luela. They won 92-73 and went two nothing up in the final. She had 25 points, 12 rebounds, two offensive, two assists, and four steals. And then Janelle McCarville, ex-WNBA player, playing on the same team as Clara. 20 points, 13 rebounds, 3 offensive, 5 assists, 1 steal, shot 7 of 10 from 2 and 2 of 2 from 3.
2: Those are some pretty impressive numbers. I'm, as a defensively minded person, I'm inclined to go with Clara there. But equally... I think she's, um, I, I haven't watched any of these games, so you'll have to forgive me, I'm just going by numbers. But um, it looks as if she's had a trigger-happy uh, couple of games there as well, um, <laughs> shooting twenty, scoring 25 points um, and only two assists, which suggests to me she might have been quite keen to get her own shot off. Um, so I'm not a fan of that, so I'm sort of torn. is um, the one that jumps out
0: at me there. She seems to have uh, had a pretty good game. And see again. You already know what I've gone for, Kaz. Are
1: you If you're just going to purely go off offensive rebounds,
0: it's every... not purely off offensive rebounds, but I mean it helps. <laughs> yeah, Saranda Darcy for me, 19 points. You love to see it. 15 rebounds, six offensive, plus the assists, plus three stars, whatever they meant to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice
1: heard... Has no one heard? Have you, know, have you not
0: heard this? Is Zumba. it like when you is it Zumba. like when you shoot from the shoulder? Yes. It is. Yes, that famous. Spot on the floor, the shoulder. <laughs> I don't know if I said it last night. I think I was in too serious a mood. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go for that. Um, and yeah, the offensive rebounds help because they're in really important.
1: Yeah, and and this I, uh, of the two, she was uh, her team came back and tied the series one by five.
0: There you go, and all because of her offensive rebounds, no doubt. Definitely. Yes. There you go. So well done. So who um, does she play with or against? The ridiculousness that we've seen in past weeks. So
1: she plays. She plays on the same team as um, Aisha Ballarambe last week, who ruined the stat line of the week for everyone. Yeah, with, have uh, a look at these. Who? <laughs>
2: Forty-four points and twenty-four. Points. God, talk about looking for your own shot.
0: Wow, ninety-five percent field goal when you're not missing. Yeah. Wow. Why would 90- you look
2: for anyone else? Yeah, to be fair, I, I I appreciate that you've given shout outs to Hannah Little and Maria Kazalevich, but
0: why, why would you even put those guys up there? <laughs> <laughs> 24 I, rebounds, what?
2: I
1: almost felt uh,
0: like. Only seven offensive, though, you know. <laughs> only. <laughs> Well, I don't think I've got seven offensive rebounds in my career. Yeah, but Hannah Little had eleven offensive rebounds. That's off pretty of, ridiculous. Out of seventeen, that's absurd. Did no, I it... go Hannah Little last week just for that ratio?
1: I think you wanted to, but you couldn't get past the nineteen of twenty shooting. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> I do value efficiency incredibly highly. I think scoring matters. To the final. Oh, well, there you go. So there we go. Right, Kaz's corner. That is my. European Corner this week. That is your European Corner. Well, with the conclusion of Kaz's Corner, who, hey, unless you want to hang around for a bit of WNBL, WBBL chat,
2: I'll listen to some WBBL. I was going to actually ask you guys what
0: uh, what do you
2: see unfolding in the, in the championship?
0: Well, I'm glad you've said that. Are we all right to hold on quickly whilst we just have a word from our sponsors, Notch, have a quick recharge of a glass and we'll be back in about 35 seconds. Maybe a little bit longer. Word from our sponsors, Notch, the mark of achievement, and we are very glad to have them on board with Focus Hoops this year. They make fantastic bracelets that look super stylish and really help you celebrate your sporting achievement. They've just launched a basketball collection, and we're really excited to be on board with them. Let's imagine that you're a player. Let's say that you're Courtney Vandersloot. You've got 18 assists in a single ball game, and you want a notch and a bracelet to commemorate that fact well you can do just that customize it to your team colors put the year that you achieved it and get it the exact size that you need there are a number of the colors available or maybe you're a coach maybe you're the coach of a basketball team let's just say that you're the london tyrannosaurus rex your team wears red you had the league's most valuable player the mvp and you want to celebrate that you want to award them with a great looking notch bracelet. Well you can do just that. And you can get it saying MVP on the notch itself. That's the charm. You can get the colour you want, gold. is one that I'd go for if we're commemorating the best player in the league. We could even get the team logo, if it's the Tyrannosaurus Rex, let's say, on there. And present it in a beautiful presentation case. Huge thanks for notch for coming aboard. Focus hoops. Welcome back to the Kaz and Dad Show Thursday night. BBL, WBBL, WMEL, Women's Basketball Conversation with Kaz Bullock. And joining us, Hugh Hopkins, the man, the myth, the Hopkins. WBBL Roundup, Hugh, you left us on a cliffhanger. What was your question? Well, I'm just,
2: uh, so I'm going to be working with Sky a little bit to do some coverage of the WBBL Playoffs in the next few weeks, so I was I was keen to hear your your views on, yeah, just how you, how you think the playoffs are going to be uh, unfolding in the next few weeks.
0: Well, before we get into the playoffs, there's still a small matter of deciding where the league title goes. Of course, um, it's hard to look past uh, Sevenoaks winning the league. They need to lose by thirteen or more, and then lose again to Caledonia Pride. So it's looking unlikely. I think last... Is it
2: yesterday? Yesterday's game? I think yesterday's game basically sealed it,
0: didn't it? Yeah. I I was talking to some people. It's like, they need to split. And they win. And those people were like, why don't they just try and win all of the games? It's like, that is a good idea. Go (laughs) win all the games. If you're this close to a perfect season, win all the games. So yes, it's looking like Seven Oaks for the championship. In terms of the playoffs, of course... Uh, single uh, sorry, central venue playoffs. So Mm -hmm. we've got quarterfinals in Newcastle, semi finals. Are they being played in Leicester as well as the final, or is it the men's Worcester women's semi final in Worcester and then the final in Leicester? So you know, that does change things because you've got seven oaks having to make Mm -hmm. a long goal journey, and who they're going to face in that first round matchup? It's looking at this moment. Like it's Oakland's Wolves. Now Seven Oaks are going to fancy their chances in that matchup, actually. And Oakland's also have to travel up from Hitchin, so that probably offset today. But overall, Kaz, what are you what are you seeing in the WBBL playoffs?
1: I think it's a Seven Oaks freight train <laughs> all the way to the final against Leicester. But um, oh, maybe London. I don't know. I've become very indecisive about these two you now. <laughs> um I think the I think there's quite a distinct gap, isn't there? And we've sort of seen it come throughout the season. The top top three I mean Seven Oaks are a league of their own, but then Leicester and London, you know, those top three positions, no one wants to be in six, seven, and eight because nobody wants to face those those teams. Rhiann Bailey and Siobhan Pryor were um on the BBL show. The other day on her facebook live um rian said she thought they matched up better with the with the teams that they were against nottingham um of you know of, of what you would kind of take in the playoffs um and i think it looks like manchester and nottingham will finish four and five um with the games that they have left um i think it makes maybe a fight in fifth between essex and manchester um But certainly nobody wants to be in six, seven, and eight.
0: Uh, As a a Met Mystics fan and, of course, perfectly unbiased commentator, do you want Essex in the the quarterfinal?
1: I I think Manchester would like to play Essex in the quarterfinal, but I don't think they can. I don't think it will fall that way.
0: No, no, you're right. It wouldn't. It would be Wildcats.
1: Yeah, and I, I think. So if Manchester win one more game, they will be in fifth, I think.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, they would—they'd leapfrog Essex because they've got the head-to-head. So, yeah. is how do you feel about wildcats? In a quarterfinal.
1: Well, every time they've played them, it's been quite a disaster on the Manchester side. <laughs> you know how I love watching Chelsea Schumper. but I, yeah. I, don't, I don't love what she does to my team. But I love watching her. Um, I wonder if so. The last last game they played in Nottingham, there was a second quarter that didn't go quite to plan for Manchester. Was that quarter three, aside,
0: was it three points.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sophia Song's three points. Well, really, um, yeah. That quarter, sand, which is hard to to discount. Um, they they unfortunately they they match up better without Joiner. Obviously, we we want to see Joiner there. Um, but just the the nature of the teams as it is at the moment Manchester probably do match up best with them um but it would be really tough because they've been really I think they've played them four times this season um
0: at least it feels like more
1: I think I've seen them three times so <laughs> <laughs> um so it, it will I think it'll be really tough um but you know it's a central venue it's a one-off game isn't it things can happen um but that to me looks like that that will be the matchup and that's that's one i think i'd prefer to see at um as a manchester fan
2: I, i don't know what the COVID protocols will be but do you think the some teams would consider sort of going down the day before staying in a local hotel that sort of thing rather than you know just trying to have the stress of traveling and you know Sitting in a bus for well, some teams up to three hours. Yeah, you know, feeling all cramped and then having to go play. You think that? Do you think many teams will look at that?
1: I think I think there's probably some teams that it's more feasible, isn't it, than than others? Yeah. Um, just with players working. Um, I'd, I'd yeah.
0: expect to see the Suns, Riders, Lions go up. I'd expect to see those three go up the day before. Maybe the Wildcats. Maybe the Mystics. I, I can't speak on the rest. Eagles don't have to; they're already there. Lucky them. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's an import. It's a big question, and we also need to be look at it and be like, why aren't we seeing at least a two-game, three-game series?
1: you don't want a two-game series. Nobody wants a two-game series. Nobody
0: wants a two-game series. But, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody like
2: nobody nobody likes an aggregate score, do they? No,
0: no. Though it was pretty cool that one time the Lions and Wolves in the MBDL went to overtime after an aggregate. That was pretty wild.
1: But it went to overtime after a team was up at the end of the game.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, silver lining. I don't know. Um, I can't look past a Seven Oaks uh, run through to the final. Who they face is going to be. An interesting question. Um, I assume it's we're going to look at a riders' lion's semi final, hmm. and I, I think so, Saturday is going to tell us a lot about, about that. Who Seven Oaks face in the final? Um, I think it's going to be the riders, I think we're looking at a Suns' riders' final again. I think Lions, as good as they've been, and my God, the jump from last year has been fantastic mm. and it's really been impressive. The players they've been able to sign, the, the coaching from Mark Clark, the gym looks wonderful. I really like the Barking Abbey gym. I've never been, but it looks great. Uniform, blah, blah, blah. All very, very positive. But they have, there's been a lot of pressure on them lately and they have creaked in a big way. They've lost the games to Seven Oaks. They, I mean, they, they, put the pressure on seven oaks a little bit at home but then they still couldn't get it over the line but i i don't i don't really knock them for that i don't i think
2: that's every that's any good team you know yeah. if you go up against seven oaks you can you can scare seven oaks or you can concern seven yeah. oaks at least but actually seven oaks it doesn't matter who you play in <laughs> They can have five-minute stretches, which is a long time in forty-minute games. They can have five-minute stretches where they're just going to say, "No, you're not scoring," and it's quite terrifying that they're able to just put the clamps on a team like that. It, you know, I don't know what they have, whether it's a switch or whether it's, um, you know, it's different, you know, d- different strategies on defence. Um, you know, I'm not going to try and embarrass myself and saying that i watch every game this year but when i watch them it just seems like they are able to turn something whether it's going to a zone go you know or switching the, the defensive scheme and they're able to just shut down any any offensive system whether it's run through the perimeter or or you know run through through bigs in the post um you know, and and the the game yesterday was a perfect example of that. I think there were there were two five minute stretches where the riders really struggled.
0: So, I'm going to follow up on that, and I don't disagree with what you've said. So they lost to Seven Oaks, then they sort of squeaked one against Caledonia, ended up being six points. It should have been closer. And you know, okay, you're on the road, and it's a couple of days after a big a big, you know, it's going to be an emotional come down after a loss like that. They had, like,
1: a star for us to miss in that game, though.
0: Okay, fair, fair. They dispatched Essex. Essex have been a bit interesting of late. And then they lost away to Leicester. And again, Loughborough is a very, very tough place to go, tough team to face. Um, So I'll be interested to see what happens this weekend. But for me, we're looking at a Riders-Suns final. And I'm not gonna make any predictions on that because otherwise Janice Monaconor again. If <laughs> if if we are seeing a Riders
2: uh a Riders Lions semifinal, which is what you're predicting earlier, does it really matter at this stage that they've you know had a few players resting, they've uh lost one or two games because they've taken their foot off the gas. Perhaps they are but, but I'm not saying it's purposeful, but perhaps they are Relaxing a little bit, knowing that they've either got the second or third deed, it's not going to make too much of a difference having home court advantage, that sort of thing.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that that favorable bench up in Newcastle is, is what they always say. No, I, I, I do hear your point, but for me, and I, I was having this argument with somebody yesterday, or this not argument, but this conversation with somebody yesterday that winning is winning breeds winning mm-hmm. uh, when you are a top team, and also if you Take your foot off the gas a little bit. You you relax a little bit. Can do you have that switch to go back to? If you release the pressure a little bit and go like, do you know what? If we don't win this game or we don't push, blah blah blah. Does that breed more of the same? And that's my that's my concern. My question: I'm not an elite, coach and, and I
2: think that's an important question to ask with the lions. Like you said, last year not so hot. This year they've taken this huge leap, but do they have? Can they take that extra final step? at the key moments of the season. You know, um, I think those are the questions that are going to be asked of a team, of a rising team. Whereas, you know, you've got Seven Oaks and, and even riders. Yeah. They've got, riders have got some new faces and some returning faces, but, you know, they've organizational pedigree. Maybe you want to notch it down to, but, um, you know, certainly Seven Oaks have been around for a long time. That team has been together they didn't know what they're doing um
0: and len isn't letting them off yeah for a for a millimeter for a second yeah. so so yeah that's that's where i come at it from um again it could my, my opinion may may swing rapidly if london go out and run riders off the floor on saturday that could that could change things because but then what are the riders holding, taking your point again? Do the riders look at the league as an insurmountable position and they're just like, Do you know what? Let's you take our foot off, off the gas. Let's hide a few things from the Lions the second go around.
1: You probably want the second to finish second though so you avoid seven outs until the final.
0: I mean, to be the best, you've got to be the best. Get them out of the way. But they... They, no, wouldn't, they wouldn't. They
2: wouldn't face be able them. to play. Could, they're not going to drop down to third, are they?
0: Fourth, are they?
1: they no. Third, they could. London and Leicester can swap places.
0: But the highest seed that Seven Oaks would play would be the fourth seed.
2: Yeah, that's my understanding, unless I'm completely not getting have it. They, have they?
0: Fi- have they got a fixed bracket, or they, do they reseed it? Because I know that typically they reseed.
2: Oh, are they?
1: Okay. Oh, I was going off a one-to-eight format.
2: That was my feeling. Is uh, maybe maybe I'm talking at cross purposes.
0: Uh, David Smith says played seven oaks tough than anyone did not have their post against riders. Paige
1: not not been in the lineup for a little bit. Mm.
0: Again, she's a huge, huge part of that team. And it's it's that same it's that that same question of how are they coping at the moment and moving forward. It's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to see proper um, explanation of the playoff format because, again, as it's been in in the past with the MBBL and the WBBL is they've reseeded. So for exact again, sorry, talk about men's basketball right now, but very quickly when Plymouth knocked out. The number one seed Lions a couple of seasons ago. What was their reward? Oh, they got to play the number two seed Leicester Riders. Well, that's fun, isn't it? <laughs> they played them fairly close, but they were, you know. So I'm not entirely sure. Is is what? So I'm you're thinking. not locked
2: into a bracket in the same way that you are in say the MNBA or the or the WNBA.
0: Uh, that's how it's been certainly in the past and i have not seen anything to suggest it is a fixed bracket at I this specific really bracket i th- I, th- I like a fixed bracket it's more you know i'm i'm all for chaos <laughs> i i like a fixed bracket because as well as the chaos like that again sorry to talk about men's basketball but plymouth they deserved mm. an easier r- route through like you've just knocked off the league champions you deserve somebody that's not as good as Leicester in the next round, even if you end up getting done in by them in the O2 Arena, because whoever was going up against them, Bar London, was getting run up and done up. That's just facts. What's more important, Championship or Playoff? Which one qualifies for Champions League? It's not quite that simple, Chester. In terms of Champions League, from what I understand, you have to. There's more of an application process versus just being uh, the champion.
2: I thought Champions League, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but it is a bit more like what they were trying to do with the European Super League in football. I don't know football very well, so I didn't even follow this story as much as I. As much you,
0: as know, you know, you know, you know, Men's Euro League? Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what they tried to do with football. With I thought European it was Super more League.
2: like Champions League, Basketball Champions League. This isn't Basketball Champions League, you. It is almost like an application process. Oh no, it's based on champions around each. I'm not sure.
0: Um so let's just talk I'm about championship. <laughs> <laughs> So in terms of what's more important, championship applies. It depends who you ask. It depends who you ask. Um Rob Patanostro told again, sorry, men's Rob Patanostro told me he like championship. I mean he wants to win a both, it's Rob Patanostro, but championship as a coach has that slightly more satisfaction because you've been the best team over 33 plus games. Whereas, you know, playoffs, that's a one-time deal. But you always want to win the last game of the season. So playoffs is, is also awesome. So it depends what you, where you, you know, rank those two feelings, essentially. Um, for me personally, I don't know why we give out a league if we're going to have a playoff. But, you know, we're in the UK and that's kind of what we do
2: but i i like it you know they i think we should see more of it you know you you should be rewarded for playing well during the regular season you know and mm. and if you look i mean i you'll have to forgive me chester i i follow american basketball more than anything else and i think it's sort of a shame that you know all the awards all the individual awards are all based on the regular season so you have your mvps you defensive player of the year, coach of the year, all of that. That's all based on the regular season, yet you win nothing for winning the regular season as a team. I just yeah. think that's a bit of a shame, you know? And that also, if you had a, a championship, it would reduce the tanking yeah. later in the oh, season. 100. You know, the, re- the resting of players, if you had something to shoot for. So, I per- personally, I think... Um, it is the playoffs, you know, because that is the... I think I think it's higher pressure. I think it's more difficult when the stakes are being raised. You're also playing against only good teams in playoffs. But at the same time, there should be something to recognize for the championship. I mean, you know, and, and then we could talk about cups and silly things throughout the rest of the season, trophies of the rest of the season, which is...
0: Now, you wanted... You wanted some uh, something for the winners of the league, right? Check yeah. this out. Let me, t- let me take you on a journey. I'm going to take you to the Korean Basketball League. That's right, Michael Hanson-Morris. I'm talking about Korean basketball again. Sorry, baseball even. Anyway, um, right. Here's what they do in Korea. So, And here's my, my grand idea, okay? You want to give the one seed a little bit more. Just a little bit more spice, okay? Here it is. Best of three series. They have a one-game head start on the eight seed. I
2: personally like the um, concept of the the one seed chooses who they want to play.
0: I like that too. I quite like that. I quite like that. How? But right, check this out. Len Bush. Let's just imagine that the league season ends as it is. Len Bush. Len, you won the league. Congratulations. Here's your lovely trophy and a medal. Who do you want in the first round? We'll have Leicester. Oh, imagine! Imagine that. How just that'd be such a statement, wouldn't it? That would be a statement. Like that would get that's mind games. Above everything else, that's mind games. Sky would be very displeased by this. I don't think the WBBL would love it either. But oh, I'm here for it i am here for it another another question from chester again thank you as always chester and david smith and anybody else we've got Hugh hopkins ask him a question it's not like you answer loads of questions on twitter but still that's beyond the point uh that's another question why is fair qualification so important in football but not important in basketball so again you're you're talking about like the euro league in, in the men's side of things where they've got a bunch of owners of the league and they're always in it Barcelona Real Madrid etc and so on and then a couple of teams qualify in if you finish high enough in your very high ranked league I don't know if I agree with the question so much because this is a huge controversy and at least was 20 years ago and it still is pretty tense between FIBA and your league I mean going back to that I I You'll have to
2: forgive me, Chester. I don't really follow this silly um kicking game. But yeah.
0: um could the, you sound more Welsh right now?
2: <laughs> the um the whole European Super League thing that's gone on in football this past week, um you know there's there's obviously a lot of arguments both ways, but ultimately I don't see any issue with a select group of teams, whoever they are going off and saying, should we just have a tournament or should we have a few games just to make a bit more money? Yeah. Okay. It's um, not the best thing for, uh, you, you know, if, if people want to go and watch them, watch those games, if people want to pay 300 quid just to go watch Manchester United versus Inter Milan, I, I don't even know if they were the teams in it, yeah. you know, but if they, if if people, if millionaires want to spend that money, that's up to them. But why should that preclude those teams from uh, playing in regular seasons? Now, one of the arguments is, well, they're going to be getting so much more money from that extra tournament that it'll create a, a bigger divide. That's why a salary cap is is so useful. I think across any sport, it levels the playing field. It lets you know who's the good managers and who's the good team, uh, you know, backroom operations um, as well as on the field. It really, it means that you have an equal playing field. So teams like Cardiff can go up against Manchester United and they'll have the same amount of money going out for players so what how you attract those players and what you know because let's be honest there are some teams in football that you don't necessarily want to go live in those locations you know it there will always be a draw to london to birmingham to, to maybe manchester no offense Kaz. um you know but there are there are certain cities and certain locations in the world where actually you want to go um you know just like you do In American basketball, you have New York, you have LA, um, you know, you have those premier franchises that people want to go play in pieces. They just, they're just in nice cities. But the fact is you can have teams like San Antonio um, in the MNBA to sort of, you know, they're they're such a well-constructed team and have been for 25 years that they can win five championships, which is coincidentally the same number as the LA Lakers have won in the past 25 years so there, is, there are those opportunities where you can have those lower, small, you know, you can have your Cardiff or you can have your Bristol or your Plymouth, you know, go up and play these top teams on an even keel. And yeah, so that, that's my rant, not knowing anything about football, <laughs> knowing a limited amount about the construction of League and the Basketball Champions League at the same time that's uh i i I think that's a good way of doing it
0: i think in terms of qualification for champions league and um phoebe euro cup you basically have to there is an application process and you have to be able to meet certain like thresholds but in football you have to basically meet those same thresholds you can't get promoted to the premier league if your stadium isn't Mm. Up to scratch, you can't make it to the Welsh, uh, sorry, to the Cymru Premier if you're if you don't have the correct paperwork. You know, Arthurl, one of the most famous teams in all the Welsh football. Where are they now? They're out of business because they were refused their league license. So even though by merit, oh, they were they were doing pretty good in the league, they were top half easy, um, and their stadium still gets used for all the big European games. So explain that one. I say big European games. We don't really have those. K Connor versus um, Slavia Prague. Was it no Bat- Bratislava? Oh, what a night that would have been. <laughs> Colwyn Bay, just two years away from European football potentially. Anyway, David Smith says you win home court advantage based on regular season record. This is very valid, mm. except for when it isn't, which is this season. Which is why I'm saying we need our we need to borrow the Korean baseball method and best of three series with a one game head start to the one seed just you know, just uh, change it up a bit and also
2: is there well no, maybe that's a stupid idea on, i was then. going to say maybe there's an idea to put the playoffs in a neutral location every year but then you know i think
0: that's, rev- that's revenue yeah yeah it's
2: i think that'd be difficult
0: for them also I'm- i want to commentate the playoffs please <laughs>
1: Final four
2: that you keep pushing, yeah. I, I like a final. Four. I know, um, I was watching a few weeks ago when
0: Michael was on and he wasn't so much a fan of it, but um, have you heard his story about him working a final four? No, and basically he just didn't sleep. Mean, the long it, and short, but... the long and short of it is he that guy just did not sleep, yeah. And, I mean, I've worked... he was also working for the BBL side as well.
2: I worked a Euro. Eurobasket a few years ago. And I was uh, it was in Serbia and I I basically went for the quarterfinals onwards and you just don't you don't sleep. You don't like I so I would wake up, you know, probably around eight, do a bit of research about the players that I was gonna be following that day, the games that were on. Um you'd get to the arena about ten for like the first game at about eleven um you would watch three or four games in in a day um you'd write a report or certainly my job as a journalist would be writing a report interviewing players after every game and you'd get back to the hotel and actually you realize oh, i haven't actually written the reports what i've done is i've just thrown a couple of pieces of scrap scrap quotes and half a paragraph here and half a paragraph there and a score line there and um oh what's that layup relating to when was that that I that I made a note of you know so then you've got to sort of rethink about it all in your head and you end up writing four articles for four games by the time you get home which is around eleven o'clock at night. So then you're working for another three or four hours before you even get any sleep. It's quite intense. That being said, it's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: yeah, the most I've done is is two in in BBL's finals days, mm-hmm. but co- let me tell you, commentating four games in a day in the National League Finals, oh my goodness, that was that was busy stuff. it, and, uh, it was great, <laughs> loved it, um, David Smith. We've addressed that, thank you. Chester says you make some very good points. We often do. Seller craps are very important to make leagues sustainable and competitive. Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe I, I,
2: would, I would yes, yes and, yes, and no. The thing is, in even in domestic leagues, in domestic basketball leagues, there is a sort of unwritten rule or a sort of verbal salary cap in BBL and WBL well I, that being said i no, don't that's, know that's if, a,
0: that's a that is a cap i in, think it's a soft cap yeah
2: I, I don't think you necessarily get penalized for going way over it um in the same way that you do in M- MNBA and uh, WNBA um you know cuz you've got teams like sorry to talk about men's basketball but you've got London Lions in the in the MBBL where you know, they've. Um, I wouldn't even be prepared to hazard a guess with how much money they're spending on DeAndre Liggins, for example. But that's a that's a huge contract on top of several other contracts. He is an American, so there are exceptions around it. Is my understanding?
0: I don't think so. But the two 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 highest paid Brits stays above, stays off the books. That's that's sorry, in that's, terms that's, of the cap.
2: Yeah, that that's what I meant. Sorry, the you know you've got some money to play with because. You, you you can employ certain British players to uh, yeah to receive the most of the money and I is that the same in the WBBL? You might know more, cars. Um,
1: to be honest, I'm not sure no. what, what the rules are there.
2: Yeah, I I haven't read any sort of oh, and and the thing is I well I haven't read anything about the MBBL but I think it's just a bit more known about yeah
0: that league. We have more questions. David Smith says, or comment rather, should be two out of three. Yes. Yeah. It should. It should. And David Smith also comes back with, if WBBL MVP was chosen today, the winner is Kat Carr. Ka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only
2: other player I would consider giving votes to, but not giving the award to, I, I think would be Kennedy. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's, I, I think, she's a big reason why that team is doing around this year. Um, and they're only going to go as far as she takes them, but absolutely, it's Katka.
0: Yeah, those those would be my two. Um, very much in that order. Um, right, very quickly. Uh, we do not have heaps of time. Where's it gone? Where's it gone? Right, very quickly, we just need to do team of the week for the WNBL, and so then I'm, we'll look at you for WBBL. Pardon? Do you want a game of the week for the WPL? Oh, video? we're going to come to that. We're going to come to that. We're going to finish on that one, Kaz. All right, very quickly. Player of the week, Molly Lavin. More numbers for you here, who? Player of the week, 23 points, four rebounds, 100% field goal percentage, and efficiency of 30. She did it all for What's her happening? Cola Southwark pride. Still in the title chase. They could, could do it off the bench, by the way. That's Alton. impressive. That is impressive. She uh, also had uh, three assists. So, good stuff there. my They beat uh, Met 88-53. Makana Stone was one of your Players of the Week as Riders Came back from their loss last week. 13 points, 15 rebounds, 9 steals. Oof. Very, very nearly Player of the Week on his former Karno stone. Harriet Wellham had another ridiculous scoring performance, though slightly less scoring, but still an excellent week. 27 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 29 efficiency. As Ipswich continue their charge atop the WNBL standings. Now Ines Guerrero, somebody was asking me, what did Ines do to deceive, play, uh, reserve Player of the Week honours? Let me tell you what she did. She hit 14 points, four rebounds, three assists at 83% field goal. So really, really efficient. Again, one of the most efficient scorers of the week. And then finally running out, Maddie Bidette, Nottingham Trent University, 26 points, five rebounds, 24 efficiency. Again, it was a Toss up between her and Erica uh, sorry her and Evie Decker for that one. Twenty-six points from Evie Decker. Decca did a lot of her work in the fourth quarter, which is great. But I like again the efficiency that um Madi Bidat had and you've gotta you've gotta score your points early in the game as well as in the fourth quarter. Like you have to have your team in that position. So it was a little bit of a, a toss-up between those two. I went with the slightly higher uh, shooting percentage scoring efficiency with Maddie Burdett. They are your play teams of the week. WNBL is, uh, yeah, I think pretty much as we left it in terms of the standings, in terms of all of that business. Though, did we not have a game tonight? We did not have a game tonight in the WNBL. Tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow night at 8.15. Ah, got me again, WNBL. You got me again. Okay, who? Hey, uh, Cass, let's hear your WBBL game of the week.
1: So, really, all of them are games of the week. You need to watch every single game and find a way to do that because there's it, about 10, 11 uh, between now and Wednesday. But the game of the week that you should watch is Nottingham, uh, Newcastle and Manchester on Sunday the 25th at 1.30pm. Alison Gorel is on some kind of tear <laughs> the last few games. Well, she has been all season. Um, she's just she's phenomenal. Um, she's leading that team in scoring. She's leading the league in scoring. Um, and Newcastle have had a, a nice little turnaround the last few games um, after their their slow start with some injuries and roster changes. And the Mystics are always fun to watch. Georgia Jones. The fantastic Georgia Jones, also leading her team in scoring. It's going to be a battle between Georgia and Alison. Um, and it's a game Manchester want to win to get high, higher up in the, the seedings. Um, Newcastle in seventh place currently in the standings as well. Will also want to try and bump themselves up a bit.
0: Who? Hey, you can help me out here. Last week, I referred to Georgia Jones as the Paul Pierce of the Manchester Mystics. And by Ooh. that, I mean, if you... If you Go with, stay with me. Okay. If you look at the Celtics of the 2000s, he tops every statistical category every year. He is everything for that team. George Jones, likewise. Pretty much everything for this. Mystics teams. No disrespect to anybody else on that team. You're all amazing. Friends of the show. But George Jones, his numbers are just ridiculous. Who in a a WNBA uh, sphere should I use as a comp? as opposed to the truth himself.
2: Hmm, that's difficult. You could go... I mean... In some seasons, you could go Diana Taurasi when she's firing on all all cylinders because she does lead every category. Um, More recently, more likely to be Brianna Stewart or... Um I guess we could see I mean with it, in all fairness to Georgia I mean I love her but she's um not not quite on like a Sabrina Ionescu level of dominance and we are yet to see Sabrina Ionescu have level of dominance yet cuz she's only yeah. played two and a half games um but she is certainly you know, led across the board in terms of every category, um, but po- you know, averaging triple doubles and stuff. Um, Georgia Jones isn't quite there in terms of the statistics. but like, I you know, it's. I think it's very sim- her role is very similar to um, to Holly Winterburn in in some respects in terms of if we're talking comps in the WBVL because they both you know dominate the. The statistical categories, and they are the best players, but they play they both play within a system. You know there's both of those players, there seems to be very little ego when they're when they're out on the court. Um, you know, Georgia Jones astounds me because she'll play lockdown defense, she'll you know put, she'll tie her shoes tight so she can you know fight over screens and that sort of thing, but equally on the offensive end. Yeah, she brings the ball up but she will set screens for every player on that on that team um and you know she'll pass you if you're open even though it might be likely that you're gonna miss. you know she she plays the right way and it's a, you know it's 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 a it's a joy to watch her play well, there you go i thought i was worried that there had been some sort of um Strippers on Instagram, sort of thing.
0: Oh, <laughs> I see you had to. You had to bring up. Ah, <laughs> uh, kind of nothing nice around here. I tell you that. He's he's still my favorite basketball player, in 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 my lifetime so far. So you know him in like Malagrad. It's like one A and one. All right, that's going to do it for this evening, Kaz, Have I missed anything? No. Smashing, right. Let's kick off with you then, Kaz. Kaz, where can people find you on the internet? Where is your... Where is your... Oh, there it is. I. It's literally at the top. Of course it is. I'm, Number one, the most important. Uh,
1: commentating the Mystics and Caledonia game on Saturday, um, after which we will have some Mystics end of season awards, our award for the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and Davies Season of the Year. So we'll be posting about that after the game. And Great.
0: yeah, there you go. Hooping Kazzy B on Twitter for all of kazi spices, spicy takes. We got Hugh Hopkins? Hugh, oh, me. What? Can, uh, where can people find you? What have you got to plug? Plug away. Um, well, yeah, I'll be like I said earlier. I'll be um, covering some
2: WBBL stuff uh, in the next, starting next week, um, all, all the way through the playoffs, hopefully on Sky Sports. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, I'm on. All of the platforms, you know, Twitter, Instagram,
0: even TikTok,
2: ladies and gentlemen, oh. at The Hoops Nerd.
0: Whoa, that is that is a, that is a line I personally have yet <laughs> to cross. Hi, Darren Paul, WNBL and BBL commentator. You can't hear me anymore commentating because London Lions, they're done at home. Uh, won a huge game last night, 86-81. Over the last of Riders. Go and check it out on the BBL player. It's great. Um, I'm on Twitter. At our way to touch. Not heaps. I was tweeting about um, Welsh domestic women's football last night. So that was great. Since when is a handball by a keeper out of the box? Not a red card anymore. Swansea got very, very lucky in that game. Anyway, that's a complete tangent. Thank you very much for joining us as ever. Hugh, thank you so much for, for giving us your time. you very, very, very... Uh, generous with it this evening, so thank you for your time and your expertise.
2: My pleasure, thank you for having me.
0: And you've got, and uh, listen, no more Snapchat, right? You have an open invite at any point on a moment's notice. You're like, give us, give, give, give Kaz a buzz, realistically. Just drop us. get me in. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just send you the link beforehand. Just in, just, just on the send off-line. it to me every week.
2: If I turn up, I turn up.
0: Hey, there we go, <laughs> with the graphics made, so we're all good. All right. Thank you so much. Enjoy yourselves this weekend. Heaps of women's basketball to keep you entertained. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful weather out there. Go sit, watch it on your phone. Hey, does that sound like a fantastic weekend or what? All right. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Take it easy.